Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Rabel says there are no moral victories for the Tennessee Titans. And I think we can all agree that that is probably the right approach. But I think we can also all agree that uh, the Tennessee Titans did some things particularly well Sunday night in their 2017 loss, overtime loss, we should say, to the Kansas City Chiefs. At least I think we all agree. We will find out in this episode of Believe in Titans podcast as uh, as we talk about Sunday's game and the upcoming matchup with the uh, the Denver Broncos. It's a Titans stay in the AFC West for a week with John Glennon from all Titans at SI.com. John, welcome in. Thanks. Good to be with you guys. All right. And Denard Walker, former Titans cornerback. Denard, how are you? I'm doing great, and I do believe in more victories for you, David. All right. Well, then uh, we w- we will talk about that. And I am uh, I am David Beauclair, also of uh, All Titans at SI dot com. You can uh, you can find John and and my work at uh, at SI dot com slash NFL slash Titans. And uh, once again, this is the Believe in Titans podcast, which is brought to you by Bet Online. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. So, Denard, let's start with you. What... Uh, you know what in particular do you feel good about coming out of uh, coming out of that performance? Obviously, a, a, a spectacular night for the defense in some ways. Although being on the field for ninety-one plays had to be particularly grueling and exhausting, but to to only give up twenty points uh, that that's got to be good enough to win most nights. Yes. Well, yes. I mean, let's just go back to their previous game. You go to the Houston game, they gave up, what, 10 points, Andy 10 points, 17 points to Washington, the Colts 17 points, and the Raiders 22 points. David, if you would have told me that Tennessee was going to go into Arrowhead State in one of the hardest places to play, and without your starting quarterback, 
and of a little bit over three minutes left, Kansas City would have nine points and you have 17 and a chance to win the game without your starting quarterback. David, I, I probably would say to you, you crazy. <laughs> and what happened? That was the case. Was, unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, there's a half a billion dollar quarterback in Kansas City that made a play when they counted on third down. And that's what allowed that Kansas City Chiefs to uh, get back into the game. But I tell you what, it was an absolutely uh, pleasure watching how Tennessee battled and how they dominated that game up to about like three minutes left in the game. Yeah, John, I'll ask you: Are you, are you more more impressed by uh, by the fact that the Titans were were ahead for the majority of the second half, up by as many as eight points, or is or is it is it a bad thing that they they couldn't hold that lead even against a, a guy like Patrick Mahomes? You know, I, I think you have to be impressed, uh, really, by this defense. You know, to me, that was kind of one of the significant questions coming in was, you know, as well as the Titans defense had played in, in recent games, were they really up to a challenge against a team like the Chiefs? You know, number one offense, averaging 32 points, most TD passes. Uh, you know, you go on and on and on about how well that Chiefs offense was playing. And I think the Titans defense really proved something uh, you know, perhaps uh, to us and, and uh, maybe a little to themselves as well that, you know, this defense is, is you know, elite uh, in that it can contend with some of the uh, the top offenses, the top offense uh, in the league. Um, you know, on the other side of the coin, of, of course, you, you wonder if just a little bit more offensive production, you know, just a, a little bit more scoring, just maybe even a little bit time of possession. Um, does that end up making the difference in this in this game? And you know, maybe if Ryan Tannehill was was starting quarterback, maybe that maybe that is the uh, the deal. Uh, maybe that 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 would have been enough to uh, to, to to seal a win there. Uh, you know, you find yourself wondering. What if this team just had a little bit more, again, you know, just a little bit more offense, you know, to, to go with this great defense that, that played Kansas City so well? You know, I, I come out of the game feeling as good about this team as I have all season, and, and particularly for the defense. And uh, and I, I, it, I'm, I almost, I mean, I hate to make this comparison because of, of of all that bunch accomplished and and everybody who was on that defense, particularly Ray Lewis and, and Ed Reed, but uh, but but I'm sort of of a mind of of the 2000 Baltimore Ravens and and the way they won games and and, and I hate to bring that up with with Denard here, but you know keep in mind that that was a team that was a team that that was searching sort of early in the year. At one point they lost three in a row and and they were five and four. But but really found their footing, really found their identity, got on a roll, made the playoffs as a wild card team. Had to go on the road three weeks in a row, but uh, but but ended up uh, ended up winning the Super Bowl with with a defense that that was clearly you know I mean this this was not an equal division of labor on that team. The defense was asked to carry the load dramatically all the way through but you you look at the uh you look at the offense they had jamal lewis a a a power running back back then the titans of course have derrick henry right now 
the uh, at, at quarterback, the the Ravens struggled early in the year with Tony Banks. They made a change to Trent Dilfer, who uh, you know no one's no one's ever going to confuse Trent Dilfer with with Peyton Manning, but he provided you know he provided stability and just enough for that offense to get going. The Titans' offense, of course, they're going to get Ryan Tannehill back at some point. They're going to get Traylon Burks back. They're going to get Kyle Phillips back. This uh, you, you know this this, this offense will be better than it's been the last couple weeks and uh and and if this defense can can sort of maintain the mindset that it has right now i feel like that you know that that offense can be good enough most nights now or most days now to to win games if if this defense can can keep playing like that uh, uh denard i mean i guess i'll ask you it is this defense now sort of locked into this identity or or do you see it still creating an identity as we go here? Well, I hope you're still creating a, an identity because this is still what you're in the middle part of the season now and halfway. what you don't want to do. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you at the halfway point, but D- David, listen, when I looked at this game and we talked about that earlier, I said that Tennessee defense matches up well against Kansas City offense. My only problem and issue that I had was offense, especially when you don't have your star quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. But look at this, David. When I was looking at the defense, with well, the ranked 10th in the NFL, right? Correct. In scoring, yes. And, okay, so forget about – remember when I was talking about – and I think about this. Forget about the 446 yards passing about Patrick Mahomes. They had eight quarterback hits. They sacked Patrick Mahomes four times. They held KC, what, 42% on third down. KC is the number one team converting on third down. And not to mention, in the last five games, they've only given up 266 rushing yards. David, that is dominating. You know how hard that is to do in the National Football League? And not to mention, I mean, they're still without some of their best players. Amani Hooker, he's been out. And, and they're doing it with guys like Terrence Mitchell, Joshua Kalu, Lonnie Johnson, who should have had a pick in the fourth quarter. Man, he let it right. He, he let the ball go right through his hands. He reminded me of Denard Walker. You're <laughs> talking about Josh Thompson. I mean, this team right now in the secondary. You remember David and John? I said this is a copycat league, and I said right. right and I alluded to the fact if you look at Todd Bowles in 2020 when he was a defensive coordinator with Tampa, he's now the head coach. Uh, at with Tampa Bay the first time that they played the Chiefs in the regular season the Chiefs spanked them on their first two series they scored explosive plays uh Patrick Mahomes hit your boy Cheetah and when when the Cheetah Todd Bowles said you know what I figured out this team let Patrick Mahomes you know rack up a whole lot of yards but don't let him top the defense and that's exactly what Tennessee did Sunday. They didn't allow no explosive plays. I mean, yeah, they had the 33-yard completion on Christian, but that was great coverage. That was all Mahomes. You know, that was just a great throw. Hey, you got to give credit to my man. He made a great play. And again, this defense was dominant. That was Justin Watson. That was the third and tell you what was just that the way that Patrick Mahomes threw the ball is why that young man was able to uh, catch the football. But other than that, Tennessee dominated this offense. Yeah, I mean, Kansas City didn't didn't even really try to run the ball most of the game. I mean, they came out, they threw on their first six snaps. I think it was made made clear what their intentions were. You know, Tennessee's intention for the the second 
straight week was with Malik Willis at quarterback was to uh was to rely very heavily on Derrick Henry in the in the run game and uh, uh a little bit of a, a dubious achievement if you will for the the Titans pass game in that none of the uh none of the wide receivers in uniform that night and there were only four of them again for the second straight week Robert Woods Nick Westbrook Aquina Cody Hollister and uh and Chris Conley all of them were targeted at least once none of them came up with a catch uh John Glennon how how bad a performance was it or was it just a lack of opportunity yeah I think it was it was a little bit of both um you know certainly the Titans we're going to throw it even less than this team normally does. And this team normally doesn't throw it much uh, in the first place. But with a guy, uh, Malik Willis, making his second start in a hostile environment, you know, there's only going to be so many opportunities out there. Um, that said, you know, they, they needed to do better. When when Chris Connolly gets a chance to, to haul in a pass, a uh, deep pass from Malik Willis that, that he dropped in a bucket, you know, down the right sideline, Chris Connolly needs to to catch that pass. Uh, you know, when, when Nick Westbrook Aquina goes up for a contested catch, uh, you know, and, and can't come down with it, you know, that, that needs to happen sometimes. Now you're not going to win everyone, but, but some of the times you're, you're going to need to come down with balls that are, that are well thrown. Uh, um, so, you know, and, and as I wrote and is up on, on our site now, you know, the, the more kind of games we see like this with, you know, not necessarily zero catches. We hadn't seen that before, but the wide receiver production has just been so lacking, you know, more and more. You, you, you just can't help but, but continually go back and scratch your head and go, boy, if this Titans team just had one, at least one really good wide receiver, where would they be? And of course, that really good wide receiver is racking up, you know, incredible numbers right now in Philadelphia. And, and we all know that there were, there were reasons, you know, uh, for, for this trade. Let, legitimate reasons but at the same time as you look at this titans team right now you're looking at a team with as we've just talked about a really good defense a really good running game and you wonder boy what would they be like if they had just maybe at least one significant passing threat and it's just not not there right now yeah it's only the the what the fourth time in the last 20 years that an nfl team has has finished a game and its wide receivers had had no receptions but but Denard, I'll, I'll I'll let you talk about sort of the good in the passing game and and what you liked number 1 on Chigo Conquo the the first offensive snap in the game where it seemed like he broke tackles by about half the Kansas City defense and, and even more I, I want to hear your take on the 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 throw to Austin Hooper where Malik Willis threw it sort of away from the defender and and they got a big gain out of that just how just how good a throw was was that how how important were those two plays by those tight ends there yeah you know david uh what was strange was you talk, you just talked about the leading receiver uh, in the ball game sunday was the rookie chigo conquo one catch for 48 yards and david i'm i'm going to just kind of give you a little uh a background illustration about the tennessee re- receiving core through eight games this year and we talked about coming into this season, will this unit step up? And, and we, we didn't want to talk about AJ, but I did a comparison, David, and it was talking about 2022 receiving. The Titans this year, you're talking about Robert Woods, Cody Hollister, Nick Westbrook, Akine. They have 51 catches amongst the three of those players. I mean, I'm talking about the whole unit, right. 51 catches. AJ Brown has 43 catches in eight games. You're talking about the yards. The Titans have 658 yards receiving. How much? A.J. Brown has 718 yards. 
You look about the TDs, one one touchdown reception, A.J. Brown has six. All That's the fewest in the NFL. And I'm like, okay, wow. You, <laughs> could you imagine if Tennessee scored maybe three points in the fourth quarter? They didn't score not one point in the fourth quarter. And you go through, this is eight games this season. The Titans have scored a total of nine points. And that's when you win a ball game. And I, it just, it wasn't there Sunday. I thought that was the Achilles heel. But what I did like was that beautiful, ran like a little direction. He faked it. to And then what was so beautiful about it, he threw it off his back leg. That's not only athleticism, that is strength. We talked about coming, how he was so strong. I mean, he threw some beautiful passes. I love what John said with Chris. Chris has to come down with that. It was right in his hands. It's the same thing when Nick Westbrook got Kine. He could have caught that ball. We talk about doing the little things. Robert Griffin Jr., he, he, he was talking about when you have a young quarterback, he says you got to – it's an acronym called H-Y-H-O. It's called help your homeboy out. When you got a young player like that, you got to make those plays because guess what? That gives him confidence. And I love – Todd Downing play call because he put Malik in position to succeed. You saw a lot of the zone reads. I mean, Kansas City, you talking about the first score when they did the uh, wildcat and Malik motions out. Most times when a quarterback motions out, the defense is not even worried about the quarterback. If that was Tom Brady running out there, you know what Greg Williams would have told us? Just let him go. He's not going to catch you. He's not going to hurt you. But the fact that they flanked him out, it kind of spooked Kansas City, and they kind of softened up, and Derek just ran right up the middle. So that's that's respect. That's respect, and that's what I loved about this young man. He played better as the game continued to go, and I just I would just marvel at his just patience. He he doesn't get rattled. Yeah, that uh, that that throw to Conley was was every bit as good as the throw you referenced that Mahomes made to Watson. I mean, it was uh, it was a big time, big league NFL throw that. Uh, that you know, if Chris Conley makes that catch, this could be it, it could have been a, a whole different ball game. As as a as it turned out, you know, the Titans with twenty three yards and and one first down after halftime. Um, you know, Malik Willis looked uh, looked a little unsure of things in overtime. There, getting getting sacked again and again after the uh, after the first down run. It uh, you know it, it it they 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 do need to find a way to solve this this fourth quarter this second half issue that they're you know it, it has been an issue all year and to your point Denard like how many games in the NFL are one score games and and come down to the fourth quarter how many how many games have the Titans won in which Ryan Tannehill has directed a, a game-winning drive in the fourth quarter this year it, it's it, you can almost argue it's a miracle that this team is five and three being as bad as it's been in the fourth quarter in terms of uh, in terms of putting points on the board, but you know we, we we've got to look at we've got to look at a little closer at, at Malik Willis and 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 what he did. Uh, you know we we saw during the preseason he was a guy who seemed to to learn his lessons and get better week to week. And, and I feel like he was, you know, we're seeing the same thing now in, in the regular season that he was better in this game than he was in, in the Houston game. Uh, John, do you, do you agree with that? What, what in particular did you like from him? What, what do you still need to see from him? 
Yeah, I, I do think there were some signs of progress. We talked about some of those, the, the nice uh, passes that he had. Uh, one that I'm not sure we mentioned also was that that back shoulder to Austin Hooper um, uh, early in the game that, you know, I think that was on the way to another uh, a Titans touchdown as well. Um, yeah, and the, and the one where he got outside the rush and threw to Hooper on the on the right sideline, you know, there were some definitely some throws there. I thought, you know, where you kind of uh, you know found yourself saying, "Oh, yeah, this is this is what they like about him. This is what what everybody was talking about." So those were those are clearly steps in the right direction. I think another step in the right direction. You now we talked to Ben Jones on a conference call today. Uh, and he talked about how Malik was much better in terms of getting everything set at the, at the line, uh, um, you know, get, getting everyone in place. And that's uh, obviously Arrowhead Stadium. It's one of the more difficult places to to do that kind of thing because it's so loud uh, and so challenging there. I thought Malik also made some of uh, better decisions in, in his RPOs. You know, he kept the ball a few times, rattled off some uh, some some big runs there. So I think he made some uh, some good steps forward. I, I I do think in terms of what we still need to see, I think the pressure still rattles him when, when he's under pressure. You know, I, I think the decision process can be a little shaky at times. Um, you know, he's only he's only dropped back, you know, maybe 35 or 36 times, I think, in two games, and he's been sacked six times. It's a really high rate, and you can't blame it all, obviously, on the quarterback. Um, but but it's got to be better there. He's got to learn to throw away some some passes from time to time. And sort of along those along those same lines, um, you know, the, the hesitation is still there. I think it is this number of times six seconds uh, that was still second highest in the in the league uh, over the weekend. I think Lamar was the only one that was higher. Um, and uh, you know, I I, th- I still think he needs to bring that down just a little bit in order to be successful on on a regular basis. But certainly, to me, the the positives, uh, you know, the steps forward far outweighed. Uh, the negatives in, in week two for me, for, for Malik Willis. Yeah. You, you know, you, you talk about getting rattled by the rush. It's, it's interesting because he's not a guy who's looking at the rush. You, you know, right. you, you see that, you see that with young guys, like he's keeping his eyes downfield. He's thinking about, I need to get the, I need to get the ball out of my hand. I need to get it down. But it, but it seems like he is aware of the rush and and you know he he almost feels it and and I don't know if that's a if that's a Malik Willis thing if that's a young quarterback thing but it seems like you know he he knows it's coming and he almost he almost braces for it for half a second rather than just continuing to 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 do what he's trying to do to get the ball downfield but the one thing I do like too though is uh is his sort of his maturity that that when he he does sort of elude the rush and he he takes another look if it's not there he's willing to just throw the ball out of bounds and and live to fight another day so to speak i i know that's that's a thing that a lot of quarterbacks sort of have to learn sort of have to teach themselves along the way and he uh he he seems to have that i think that's uh i think that's really impressive from him right now denard you talked about the the chiefs respecting the fact that when he flanked out in the uh in the wildcat and, mm-hmm. and John mentioned some of the RPO stuff i think he rushed for 40 yards in this game talk about you know talk about it as a defense how different it is defending that RPO stuff versus when Ryan Tannehill's in there and Tannehill's no you know he's no statue back there he can move a little bit but it's it's a different ball game when uh, when Malik Willis is the ball is the guy with the ball in his hands to start those right 
Dave, I'm going to go back old school style because I was around. We played Baltimore. This was in 2000. And that's when they really started. It was a Brian Billick started implementing the Wildcat. Um, Baltimore started doing it. They had a, a, what was that? The little receiver, Lewis, little bitty guy. And they put him back there. He was a speedster. So they would motion out. They had Tony Banks the first time we played him. So he motions out. We knew that Tony Banks was like a decoy. So we played like, you know what? If Tony Banks is on the side, you know what you want to do? Just knock him out of the game. Just go hit him and just take him out. And we did that because we we knew that they're not going to run a pass with Tony Banks. He couldn't catch. And the backup quarterback at the time was Trent Dilfer. He's definitely not going to beat you because he'd probably run the 40 about a 6'8". But when you play a team that you know that have like an athletic quarterback, if that was Michael Vick, it's kind of like, uh-oh, I better get out here and cover. And so that kind of weakens up the if you're in the middle of the defense, you know, they could throw a pass out there. I mean, because we know about his athleticism. I mean, let's go back to Liberty. What was it? 74 combined passing and rushing touchdowns. So you have to respect that. And again, I mean, he's just a phenomenal athlete. You always have to account when he's on the field. David, you talked about the first game that Lamar Jackson played in Tennessee, and you was talking about the packages that they was using him. And you were like, man, this kid is going to be electrifying. He's going to be a great player when he gets his chance to be a starting quarterback. You see those same similarities with Malik. Yeah, you, you do. And, uh, you know, I I think – I. I you know, I certainly came out of the preseason thinking, all right, the 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 franchise's plan is for Malik Willis to be the starting quarterback in 2023. And and in a way I felt like that was a little bit ambitious at the time. I am I am not feeling as much that way right now. And these uh, you know, we talked about it last week. These these game experiences are are speeding that learning curve for him and uh and and and, and even though we haven't seen him really cut it loose and do much in the passing game yet. I mean, think about that. We're all sitting here talking about how, you know, we're excited. You like this, you like that. And, uh, and we, he's still not even doing really much of the primary, the primary job of the quarterback, which is to, to drop back and, and throw the ball around. So uh, I, I think there's, uh, I think there's, you know, there, there's, there's a lot to be excited about there, but uh you know, John. John, you talked about this earlier in this episode. The, uh, you know, this was a this game Sunday was in stark contrast to what we saw week two at Buffalo, uh, which was a forty-one-seven defeat. And uh, you know, at the start of at the start of Sunday's game, Buffalo was number one in the AFC. Titans were number two. The Chiefs were number three. So, uh, you know, how convinced are you now that? Uh, that, that the Titans are a legitimate threat in the postseason to to do do some damage and and be a problem based on uh, based on this game as opposed to week two. I tell you what, I mean, I I I'm more uh, confident that the Titans are going to be a tough out uh, than the than you know certainly after the Buffalo game. You know, I, I think. Uh, as I say, maybe the Titans had a little bit of something to prove to themselves, even in this game that, okay, sure. We have this five game winning streak, but you know, have, have we really beaten a, a good team? Have we really gone toe to toe with a good team? Well, Kansas city is as, as good as it gets. Um, I, I think right now, you know, certainly in the AFC, you know, it's, it's Buffalo and Kansas city and the NFC it's Philadelphia who the Titans face in a few weeks. 
And and I think what the Titans did, uh, you know, certainly has to go a long way in in saying, uh, you know, we can we can go toe to toe with these guys. Now, my question now is, how many times if you see those kind of stats, you know, replicated again in a game, whether that's Kansas City or Buffalo, if if it's you know the Titans are out gained five hundred to two thirty. You know, uh, you know, third down situations, you know, one for 11 for the Titans, Chiefs, eight for 19, time of possession, 42 to 26. If those kind of numbers are replicated, you know, uh, again, you know, I, I think it would be difficult to assume that the Titans are going to win those kind of games. So we're, we're going to have to see at some point, as I said earlier, some, you know, it doesn't have to be a huge jump by this Titans offense. I don't think they have to score 30 points a game even, but you're going to have to be able to put up at least, you know, 20, 25 and, and still rely on, on this kind of defense in order to win these games regularly. Can you maybe beat a, a Buffalo or a Kansas City in a game like like Sunday? Sure, it's possible. The Titans just showed us it was possible. They, they led late in the fourth quarter, and it was only overtime they lost. But I don't think you can rely on that exact formula, you know, too often, I, I think, at some point. And, of course, the assumption is when Ryan Tannehill comes back, things will change. There has to be a little bit more production on that on that front. Denard, let me ask you this. If let, let's let's say for the sake of argument that, that Ryan Tannehill's ankle is is really bad. He he misses another week or two. You know, how are defenses gonna gonna approach the Titans now? Is it is it man to man all the time and commit as, as many guys as you can to to stop in Derrick Henry or or do you drop guys into into coverage and, and dare Malik Willis to sort it out? How uh because it, you know, man to man, you know, the one thing is guys' backs are turned. If he if he gets out of the pocket, he can he can make a big gain with his feet that way. What what should the Titans be expecting if uh, if Malik has another game or two to go here? So, are you asking me? Do I put myself like I'm putting myself as a defensive? Yeah, coordinator? if you're a defensive, uh, if I'm a defensive yeah. coordinator and I'm preparing for Tennessee, the first thing that I'm doing is I'm stopping number twenty two, the King. Now, when I look at Malik and I'm saying, how do I game plan a rookie quarterback, a first year quarterback that has took a huge jump from week one to week two? I mean, John, you said it. Look at the passes he threw Sunday. They were on target. Unfortunately, the receivers didn't make the plays like Robert Griffin said. H.Y.H.O. Help your homeboy out. You got to do the little things. So that tells you that's telling all of us this is that, you know what? He's getting better in the passing game. So if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm saying, you know what? I got to play him just like I'm playing Ron Tannehill because he showed Sunday by his arm. If the receivers can come down with those catches, he can beat you in the air. And then when you look at the running game, he adds another dimension. Zone reads. Those are hard, especially if you're a defense and you have an athletic mobile quarterback. It's tough when they run in those zone reads because guess what? A lot of teams say, well, if they got Derrick Henry, yeah, normally you're going to crash down just like Kansas City did Sunday. You're going to crash on 2-2, and then he takes it back, and he goes for about 15 or 20 yards. That's demoralizing to a defense. So I have to respect the young man's athleticism because he is, to me, another version of Lamar Jackson, just younger. And he's a lot like Ron, very dangerous with his feet. Ron does the, he doesn't give, he doesn't get the credit that he deserves 
Miles play wanting those zones. You see Ron a lot of times, those zone reads. You're talking about a lot of times he'll do what a like kind of fake a ball to Derek and run, you know, another opposite side of the ball. I mean, he's just a, he, he adds another dimension to this offense. And we should say, uh, we should say with Derrick Henry too. Now five straight 100 yard games ties the longest stretch of his career, and he is the uh, the NFL's leading rusher. Finally, he was you know he was outside the top ten earlier in the year, but now 870 yards, uh, 29 yards ahead of Cleveland's Nick Chubb. He he's his average per carry is up to 4.8. He's uh, he, he's doing a lot of Derrick Henry things, even though defenses know he is coming, which uh, which you know. It's hard to be it's hard to be any more impressed with Derrick Henry than we all were during 2019 and 2020 but but in a way he is uh he is impressing us all over again I think and what what's really interesting to me too is you know looking ahead now I mentioned it's the Denver Broncos are coming to uh to Nissan Stadium or on Sunday when the uh, when the schedule came out I know we talked about this and this this was the stretch we looked at where you say okay in a row you have Kansas City Denver Green Bay Cincinnati and then Philadelphia after that. Philadelphia was an oddity because of the aforementioned A.J. Brown was going to be there. I mean, that that looks like a, a really big challenge right now. But this stretch of Kansas City, Denver, Green Bay, Cincinnati was, was one we thought was a was a real make or break stretch, a, a real a real proving ground, if you will. And and now that we're here, you know, Denver's coming to town with and yes, Russell Wilson is their quarterback, but things have not worked out there the way anybody anticipated. And uh and they're not as they're not as scary as you thought. Green Bay looks to be a mess right now and uh and Cincinnati is sort of great one week, not so great the next. They're not gonna have Jamar Chase for that game because he'll he'll still be out at that point. Suddenly, this this stretch doesn't look uh, doesn't look nearly as intimidating. And and again, based on what we've seen from this defense, uh, you know, it, it feels like this is uh, instead of a, a you know trying to just survive this stretch. This this feels like an opportunity for this team to to make its move and and really solidify itself at the top of the division and uh and start thinking in in terms of playoff tiebreakers and playoff seating and all that. Uh John Glennon, do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I I think, you know, going into the season, I you know, I and, and I think a lot of us probably thought the the AFC West was just going to be a bear of a, of a division this year. You know, maybe just head and shoulders above most other divisions. And of course, the Titans are lining up against the AFC West this year, and it just hasn't turned out to be the case so far. You know, Russell Wilson and Denver hasn't been the match uh, to date that that everyone thought uh, they would be. You know, the the Raiders, uh, you know, are, are not as good as as we thought. The Chargers are, are kind of up and down. So. Um, you know, I, I don't think that, um, you know, really uh, the Titans are looking at, at, a, at a brutal schedule the way we had before. Um, you know, and, and I think also what, what's interesting to me, too, is that, you know, I, I, I think a lot of us started wondering, like, OK, at some point defenses, uh, you know, the defenses are going to get stiffer. Uh, you know, they're going to figure out how to, how to stuff Derrick Henry. But. I keep kind of scratching my head wondering when that's going to happen right now. I mean, like, 
you know, they, they went up against a Colts run defense way back near the start of the year. They were supposed to be, what, number two or three, I think, against the run at that point. Uh, Derrick Henry blew through that. Uh, you know, the Chiefs run defense was supposed to be very stout. Um, you know, this this past weekend, Derrick Henry blew through that on unlimited carries. Uh, you know, and, and as I look ahead, even though the defenses – theoretically are, are getting pretty difficult in, in terms of Denver and, and Philly and some of those other defenses, you look at their run defenses and they're not all that good. Those teams, most of these teams are in the twenties uh, against the run. So you find yourself wondering, Hey, you know, if, if the Titans and Derrick Henry can run on some of these teams they have, they've shown so far, you know, why can't they, they, they keep that up for the, uh, for the rest of the year. And, and uh, again, you know, uh, I, I just don't think there are as many great teams in the NFL as we may have thought coming into the year. When you look at the playoff picture as it stands right now, who are the Titans taking on in the first round? The Jets. Okay. Is anybody really scared of the Jets right now? Uh, I, I think that's uh, it's not nearly as imposing regular season or potential playoff as we might have thought. Uh, so, Denard, as we, as we come to the end here, I'll ask you this. It, is there anything that that teams can do about Derrick Henry, or do they just have to? Do they just have to, you <laughs> know, take, take take their beating, so to speak? Well, hopefully, it's just take their beating, you know, and accept it. But that's not the way it works. <laughs> uh, yeah, like from my perspective, yeah, just take your beating. But that's not the mentality <laughs> of any team in the league. And I, David and John, I've always been taught one. I, I was always taught one thing about Greg Williams. He said, the most important game is your next game. And what you don't do is overlook your opponent. I know we're looking at Denver. I mean, look, they just traded one of their best defensive players with Bradley Chubb. He's out. He went to, what was it? Uh, Miami, Miami. Miami. So, and then not to mention there's rumors that uh, coach Hackett might be out of the door next. It's like, they're making a lot of changes. But remember, there's no disparity. And what you don't want to do is to take a game lightly, because if you do that, guess what? You end up getting beat and you hate to lose a game that you know that you're better than this team. Now, Tennessee's a lot better than Denver. So again, you want to make sure that you take on that mentality, Sunday, that this is the most important game of the season, because this can decide a lot of times if you start going down or if you continue to progress forward. We will all watch to see what happens in that one. And uh, we will be back to discuss it next week. Until then, thank you all for for listening and downloading and and telling your friends about it. Uh, For Denard Walker, for John Glennon, I am David Beauclair, and this is the Believe in Titans podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you again. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.